0: day. Did you know that your baby boy would give sight to the blind man? Mary, did you know? Lord of all creation Mary did you know
1: I enjoyed that this morning. Thank you very much. If you would please turn your Bible to Luke chapter 2. <clears throat> I want to continue our thought as we last couple of weeks on the virgin birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. And this is the portion of scripture that I like to read around Christmas time to our family and friends just to... I believe, if you want to know the Christmas story, it's all told right here. I was listening to the words of that song that Brother Tommy was just singing. Man, that tells it all, doesn't it? It really does. In Luke chapter 2, let's begin to read in verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that they went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was the house, of the house and lineage an of David, to be taxed with Mary as a spouse wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she, that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And they were in the same country, shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping the watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find... The baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a mighty a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go in even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the baby lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. And when the eighth day were accomplished for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the moon. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We would like to go back in our mind and let the Holy Spirit take us back to this scene today, to that wonderful, glorious scene where the Savior of the whole world from sin is coming into this world in bodily form. God, I pray that you'll help us to see that's the only way that we can have our sins gotten off of us. It's through this One coming into this world, dying for our sins, going to the cross, shedding His blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Had not been for Him, we'd have no hope. Bless us, we pray today, in Jesus' name. Amen. In the book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, says, But thou, Bethlehem, appetite, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, Yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel whose going forth have been from of old from everlasting. I want you to notice the birthplace of Jesus and the birth. Now, in a grotto if you would please, or a cave in the limestone rock uh, at which the village stands, used as a stable for horses and a a pen for cattle, Jesus is born. The horse's manger is a cradle for the King of Kings. In verses 8 through 20, the shepherds and the herald angels from limestone caverns were taken to the long grassy slopes which stretch to the east of the Jewish city. Hidden in some nook of these slopes rest pious shepherds. Shepherds have always been a, a quiet-spirited people, accustomed to the sweet silence of nature and able to commune with their own hearts. And all of a sudden, the gospel of all ages is revealed to them. Verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Then I want you to see the substance of, of the gospel. Verse 11 again. Born to you this day. That's John 3.16. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting. That's a gift of God to man, to sinners, especially to those who believe. Again, verse 11. A Savior, which is Christ. In other words, the Anointed One, he of whom the prophet spake, and the one whom David the shepherd of Israel prefigured, the sent one, not by, but from God, from the depths of the divine personality, the Son from the bosom of the Father, Christ the Lord, the Jehovah, the one whom every knee shall bow, the ruler who shall restore the lost, and reunite the scattered and fulfill the kingdom, which is righteousness and peace and joy forever. Then note the character of this gospel. Verse 10, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Good tidings of great joy. Watch this, please. The most blessed message ever proclaimed. One of the unspeakable blessings, a joy to which no bound can be set, a joy which we geographically limits cannot be measured, a joy which no thought, class, race, or sect can embitter. Joy to all the world's people, Jew, Gentile alike, in other words to all the people of all the earth, here comes their king. Notice again the sign the gospel. It's strange today. We live in a, a day and a time, and everybody's looking for a sign. Show me a sign, and then I'll believe. Uh, show me a miracle, and then I'll believe. The only sign that God's Bible said that you'll ever see from God, if you want salvation, is a virgin birth. Notice if you would please, verse 12. And this shall be a sign unto you: you shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Can you imagine that? Go back to the manger scene for just a minute. You want to see a miracle? You want to see a sign from God? There he lies. Amen. That baby in a manger. The baby is the sign of the kingdom. Uh, the virgin born baby is taken uh, as a token of the king. In Matthew 18 verse 3. And said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. And now, suddenly, as a sign is given, it's like one man wrote a blaze of song spreads over the expanse of heaven, and like uh, circles widening round upon a clear blue river, orb after orb, the wondrous sound is echoed on forever. Glory to God on the highest, in the highest, and on earth be peace, and love towards men, and love. Salvation release. The announcement of the birth is made to shepherds. Now I read that and I said, Now I wonder why God used shepherds for this great honor. The first blood of sacrifice was made by Abel, a keeper of sheep, a shepherd. In Christ Jesus our sacrifice is a type likened to the chosen sheep for the slaughter. And the, the favorite symbol of the Savior of the world is the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd came in this world to give His life for His sheep, and He goes after that lost one. The Good Shepherd, our Savior, work is the Good Shepherd who leads the ninety and nine and goes after the lost sheep. The first preacher is a heavenly angel. The first congregation is some lowly, simple men who are doing their duty in the place which God had appointed them. The lesson here is, heaven is always near to those who are doing their job for the Lord Jesus. Notice also the conduct of these shepherds. Verse 15 and verse 16, please. Watch it with me. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. What I want to to show you something just a minute. Notice the conduct of these shepherds. It's a matter to be at once attended to. They made haste to come. A word from God a voice of the Holy Spirit in the heart, a command or duty pertaining to the heavenly life. This is a clean procedure over and over claims in our life. It's to make haste. Seek first the kingdom of God. Amen. Prompt obedience is always the blessing. Notice they came with haste. The king's business requires haste, the Bible says. Now notice again the conduct of Mary in verse 18 and verse 19. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds eagerly told their wonderful story. And all the people who heard the wonderful story wondered. But Mary, the Bible says, kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I can't imagine what she was going through. I can't imagine what she was thinking. But the Bible says she was pondering over it. The wonder of the people soon passed away. But deep religious feelings are conserved and deepened through reflections and prayer. Keep Bible truths and ponder them in your heart is what this is about. Did you know when the Bible says something, you ought to stop and think about it. You ought to ponder it in your heart. You ought to go over, and over, and over again and think about anything you read in the Bible. Now, why is the virgin birth of Christ Jesus vitally important? I want you to listen to me very carefully. Without the virgin birth, we sinners would have no perfect sacrifice for our sins. Our thrice holy God requires a sacrifice for sin to be absolutely without spot or blemish, without sin. Period. The sin offering had to be a perfect one. The sin offering had to be a perfect one to come. Jesus is our perfect one. Holy Spirit conceived no sin in Him at all. He's the perfect one. Without the virgin birth, we sinners would have no one to die in our stead on the cross. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But without the virgin birth, no cross of Calvary. No one to die for us in our stead. If Jesus is not the virgin, born Son of God, well why the cruel cross of Calvary? Why would He go there and die? Just another sinner dying for sinners. But Jesus is virgin born, and He is capable to take our sins away. Amen. I preached uh, yesterday Mrs. Hale's funeral, 104 years old, and I was able to stand there with joy in my heart and say to the congregation that was there, and the friend and the loved one, there's one that can take her sins away. Amen? And she's welcome in heaven because of it. By the way, uh, little Bonnie, that comes from Mrs. Harden for years. She passed away this past week, and we'll be having her service this Wednesday. And so pray much about that. But isn't it the a joy, a joy of a preacher to be able to uh, have a service over somebody that you know that has received Christ as their Savior and you talk to them about it and you can tell the whole world I know where they're at. Amen? Why? Because there's one perfect died for their sin and they're welcomed in heaven. Without the virgin birth, no resurrection. Think about this a minute. I am, I'm not worried one bit about dying. You know why? Because they ain't never going to die. I, if people are afraid to die. They're afraid they're going to go be in a casket and they're going to lay there or they go to the ground and that's where they're at and they call that a barrel. It's never a barrel to the child of God, it's a planting. Do you know when you plant something, you look for it to come up? Amen? And when I plant my loved one it's in Christ Jesus, I'm looking for the resurrection. Because I know that body's going to rise again. And without the virgin birth, there could be no resurrection. Because only God can resurrect somebody. And He is God in the flesh. Without the virgin birth, no heaven. Think about it. Heaven only contains sinless people. Amen? I'm a sinner. I can't go to heaven on my own. You're a sinner. And no heaven for us then. Without the virgin birth, we have no Savior. We have nobody to die for us. And we have nobody to take our sins away from us. But thank God He did. Amen? Again, with the virgin birth, no man could even know, without the virgin birth, no man could even know God, period. I laugh at people that say, Show me God, and then I'll believe. I can show you God. Amen? Listen. John, just a minute. John 14. John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. That's Jesus doing the speaking. That virgin born Son of God. That one now has grown up. That one has gone to the cross. Died for the sins of man. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. And where I go you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we know not where thou goest, and how can we know the way? And By the way, if I was standing there like Thomas was that day, I would have asked the same question, and so would you. We didn't know where he's going. We didn't know what he's up to. But the Bible gives us the answer. And Jesus told him, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I can say to anybody, you want to know God? Get to know the Lord Jesus Christ because He is God. The virgin birth of Jesus is vital to salvation of the soul. Now watch this. Without belief in the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we have no gospel. Because you find in First Corinthians 15, verses 1-4, there's a definition of the gospel. You know what it is? It's the death, it's the birth, the death, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. You hear the gospel preaching. You hear people writing gospel books. You hear gospel songs. And all that word means, gospel is the good news. That's all it means. Gospel, good news. You know what the good news is? God came in this world some 2,000 years ago in a virgin, a little woman, and the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and conceived in her womb God in the flesh. Man, when the, Holy, when the angel came and told Mary that, you ever think about what Mary might have thought? I imagine it scared her half to death. Amen. Her carrying around, God in the flesh. Hey, by the way, there's a star that you've been reading about in in the next few days. There's going to be the star of Bethlehem. It's going to be in the sky. And once in 800 and something years, it's going to show in the eastern sky. And I thought about that as I was thinking about this message today. Can you imagine for just a minute, though, that little baby and that star shining down in that particular place on all the earth and pointing right to that one? Listen now, folks. That's no ordinary baby. That's God. Can you imagine God in human flesh? And hear that mother and dad that uh, that stepdad and that mother sitting there in that scene, and all the angels and all. By the way, I believe there's a company of angels. They wasn't just three. There was angels of heaven around that throne. I mean, around that little manger scene, and there he lies, God, in the flesh. And look what he had to look forward to, because of sinful man. And He came in this world for one purpose and one purpose only. And that was to go to the cross and die for mine of your sins and the sins of the whole world. That's the reason I love to be a preacher. I love to preach. I love to tell people, come into Jesus because He will in no wise cast you out. If He would take on a sinful body, a body made like sin, if He would take on a human body, no sin in Him, but He took on a body where He could die on the cross for your sin. Don't you think He loves you? There can be nobody can ever say before Almighty God, you didn't love me. Yes, He does. He loves you so much He came in this world to die for you, to give you a chance to have eternal life. I can't even fathom that word eternity. I read John three sixteen. I read other verses in the Bible where He speaks of eternal life. I, like I said, I, I preached at the funeral yesterday. Miss Hale, hundred and four years. Can you imagine living hundred and four years old? But you know what is common to her is common to all men. She died. She died. And you go through the Bible. Somebody asked me here a while back, preacher. You're eighty four years old now. When you going to retire? I said, I can't find in the Bible where they said they retired. It said they died. You go through all the scriptures and you find some one thing common to all mankind. They died. If you live long enough, you're going to die. Amen? And it's just that simple. You're going to die. But there's one thing for sure. Jesus came in this world to give you eternal life. Amen? This body might die, but in my soul and spirit, brother, is lives for eternity. And all because of one thing, the virgin birth in this world. God dying for my sins. By the way, nobody else, no other creature, no other thing in all of God's creation could do that. Only God could die for you. Amen. Heavenly Father. Thank you for the simple plan of your salvation. By the way, it's your salvation. You give it to us freely through the Lord Jesus Christ our Lord. And I pray if there's somebody here today that's never made that personal decision or in the hearing of our voice that's never made that personal decision uh, for their salvation of their soul, that they'll understand it This thing of Christmas is not about a tree and it's not about presents. It's a wonderful thing to do those things, enjoy those good things. But that's not what it's about. It's about rejoicing about our Savior being born into this world. And all the problems and all the sin and all the mess that's in the world. He's the answer. And Father, I pray if somebody's got heartaches today, they'll come to Jesus. If somebody today has got problems that they can't solve today, they'll come to Jesus. If somebody needs to have their soul saved today, they'll come to Jesus. Whatever problem we have, He's the answer. Bless us, we pray now, in Jesus' name. While well, we got our heads bowed and thinking about this very seriously for just a minute, here's all you have to do if you want to be saved today: make a commitment of your soul to the Lord Jesus. By that, the Bible says in Romans 10:13, "Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." That commitment is just like a marriage to a wife from a man. I make a commitment for you as my wife forever. That's the same commitment you have to do your soul to Christ Jesus. Say, Lord, I commit my soul unto you for safekeeping for eternity. That's salvation. Bless, we pray now,
0: in Jesus' name.